your shit. We gon' make it live with Big Dom. We ain't holding no punches. True players, we live, homie. No front and always talk about something. So take it over. You know that the wait is over. That in your face commentary is fire in the show up. We talk about sports, finance, and relationships. True players, we always playing the greatest hits. 1804, that mean Hades lit. Mothers feel the true players like baby kicks. A live podcast is hard as hard hats. Real life shit that true players will talk that. So tune in and watch the whole world zoom in. When they hit it, stick What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Dog, coming live and actually another True Players podcast episode live from Atlantic City, AC. Hit touch, hit talk to you guys today in regards to uh, a few things. Before we get into the football aspect of the podcast, I will be talking about both the Jets and the Giants. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate the Los Angeles Lakers on winning the, uh, the championship. LeBron James got his fourth um, championship ring, which is... Uh, you know, deserved, and he had no choice but to win it this time because if you listen to previous podcasts, this was his shot to win it. Next season, Golden State Warriors are going to come back with a vengeance and be, and, and, and be a threat to that title. So once again, we congratulate, congratulate Lakers. Anthony Davis gets his first ring. Rondo gets his second ring, second championship ring, you know. A good learning experience for Kyle Kuzma going to the playoff Going to the playoffs, winning a championship, it'll be good for his career. And we'll see what happens. Can the Lakers repeat? It's a good chance if they keep all the, the entire team together. We still don't know what Anthony Davis is going to do in the offseason because he is a free agent. So we'll see what happens in regards to that. And um, second of all, we see the, the Dodgers. Dodgers and um, Rays. Dodgers take a 2-1 lead in the World Series. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I haven't been really watching the World Series because it was just a different. This because of COVID, it just felt had a different feel to it. As far as no fans in the stadium, well, there were fans in the stadium in Texas, but probably like a good probably from what I saw about five thousand people in there, spread or spread out, spread out, spread out within the stadium with the social distancing and things like that, and. Um, I'm rooting for the Dodgers, even though I'm a big time Mets fan. I'm rooting for the Dodgers to finally win one. They've been to two. They've been in two straight World Series, and both lost. Both lost both times. So it's time for them to get their ring after so many years. The last time they had a ring was in '88. So we'll see what happens. And most importantly, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about. Ready Mets fans, we are this close to having our new owner in place. Steve Cohen is one more vote away from becoming New York Mets majority owner, 95% owner of our New York Mets. What does this mean? I I believe that, you know, it's going to improve the analytics in the organization. Um, one thing that I've that I've heard through I've seen through articles and what I've heard through reports that the um, analytics analytics department within the New York Mets organization was archaic. It was it goes back when when Sandy Arlton was the general manager, how he wanted to improve the analytics department, and the Wilpons, not the Wilpons specifically, Jeff did not want to improve the analytics department because it cost too much money. But 
This is what we've been waiting for, us Mets fans. We wait, we wait for this for a long time. New ownership, new, new blood in, in the New York Mets. The only thing that could stop the uh, stop uh, Corn from becoming owner of the Mets, which is uh, which would be the New York City Mayor uh, Mayor De Blasio. I don't know why, but I I, I never thought a New York City Mayor would have to approve of the ownership as well. I, I thought it was always between Major League Baseball and uh, the sellers, which would be the Wilpons, and the buyer, which is Steve Cohen. Um, I don't know what it, I don't know what the, what De Blasio has to do with it, but De Blasio just stay the hell out the way. You you got one more year in office, you know. You don't have a lot of fans as far as people voting for you, so I would just say just let this deal go through. Let Steve Cohen take over as the New York Mets, Mets owner. And we saw saw on, on a new new era of New York Mets baseball. And but Steve Cohen has a lot, uh, has a big job ahead of him. What is he going to do with Michael Conforto, which he, he's going to be up for um, free agency and um, not after the next season he'll be a free agent officially. There'll be no arbitration. There'll be no tendering contracts. He will be an officially free agent. Does he resign him? Who does he replace um, Brody Van Wagenen with as general manager? Because I honestly don't believe Brody will stay will stay in the um, GM position willingly if Sandy Olsen is the president of the baseball operations of the New York Mets. Honestly, honestly don't believe that. So, there's a few things. Do you sign Noah Syndergaard now or you wait to see how he, uh, how he does when he comes back from Tom John's surgery? I believe you need to if anything, you should try to resign Noah Syndergaard now to a team-friendly contract, since you do have the leverage since he's coming off a Tommy John surgery. Something that you you should pursue, and and, and go from there. If, I, I'm, I'm quite sure Noah's going to bet on himself, but at least give a give a solid um, contract offer, something that you can start off with, so that he could be happy with anywhere within the within the. Uh, the price range of fifteen to eighteen mil per year, for four years, he gets he gets opt out after three year three, to renegotiate the contract. I I, I believe that's a fair offer. To Noah Syndergaard, and his representatives. So, that I believe it should it should get it done, but don't quote me on that. But I believe it should get it done. So. Now. We're going to talk about the Giants game on Thursday night against the Eagles, a game that the Giants should have won. If it was for Butterfingers, Evan Ingram, they would have been sitting 2-5. and five. But let me explain something to you guys. This team, the Giants team, at best, should have been 3-3. Three and three. They should have beaten the Cowboys. They should have beaten the Bears. And it should have been the Eagles, which makes them three and three for the season. Now they're sitting there at one and six. So, and, and the division still up for, the division still up for grabs because ain't nobody's running 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 away with the division right now. Philadelphia does have the upper hand for now, but anything can happen. Still a long season to go. The Giants still have an opportunity. The one thing I like about the Giants is how they, how they, they're most on most of the games, 
the total opposite of the New York Jets, which they come prepared to play every game. Which I I can I can live I can respect that because I wish my team, the New York Jets, were more prepared from top to bottom. But this organization, with Joe Judge running the um, football team, it is I believe is in good hands right now, in my opinion. So they just need to get Saquon back for next season. Continue to build that offensive line. Continue to add more pieces to that defense, which is playing very well, considering um, what they have to deal with. And also, try to help Daniel Jones from, from uh, stop turning the ball over, stop getting those strip, stop allowing defenders to strip the ball from him and causing fumbles. It happened again. If he was driving, even though it was 40 seconds left on the clock on Thursday night, to try to get into field goal range, the, the the defender beats the offensive lineman and then strips, strips him of the football and game over. I'm not blaming Daniel Jones for the loss that, of the Giants' loss whatsoever because that, that pass that he threw to Evan Ingram was so beautiful. I'm on the couch. I could come, I could come up and catch that ball. Evan Ingram had freaking alligator, hand, alligator arms he didn't want to reach out further for the ball. How about diving for the ball? How about going all out to seal that victory for your team? The guy is talented, but he got no hands. He can't pass block. He could be on another team next year. Because Jason, one thing about Jason Garrett, even in, in, as a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to use the tight end. As a pass receiver, there is no if, hands, or buts about it. He's going to use the tight end as a pass receiver. The tight end is the uh, the security blanket for the quarterback in his in his offenses, down from from Jason Witten to um, Evan Ingram. Hell, when he was a backup to Troy Aikman, he had Jay Novacek. So this guy understands the importance of a tight end. And every Ingram is given every opportunity to become a superstar in this league. And he's just dropping that opportunity like he drops the football. To the point that even they're even talking about even trading him now at the deadline. Every Ingram, you need to step up. You let your teammates down that last game. Big time. Now we head over to my uh, New York Jets, the disaster of an organization it has become. This team at 0-6, and the season not even over yet, is worse than the 96 team that went 1-15. From top to bottom. From the general manager to the ownership to the, to the coach, it is a complete disaster of what's going on with the New York Jets right now. You trade away, you trade, you, I mean, it's a clear fire sale. They trade away Steve McClendon for a, for a fifth round pick. I believe it was a fifth or a sixth round pick to Tampa, to Tampa. We reunited for Todd Bowles. And boy, I was wrong about Todd Bowles. I wish we had him as coach. Then this idiot, Adam Gase. I don't like Adam Gase. I think he has no clue on what's going on. 
I don't think Joe Douglas has a clue what's going on. I'm not a big fan of Joe Douglas. He's even though he's been on the job for a year and a half, I don't like I don't like how he jettisons. Granted, he took over Mike McCadden in the, in the middle early in the year last season, but McCadden, for all his poor draft choices, left him two dimes, yeah, two 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 di- two diamonds. He left him Jamal Adams. He left him Sam Donald. And Joe Douglas is is making sure that by next year, both those guys are not even on the team. He already got he already traded away um, Jamal Adams earlier this season before the season starts in Seattle. This is the issue I have with Joe Douglas. If you everyone in their mama knows that you are going to trade Jamal Adams, why didn't you trade him during the draft? This team has no wide receivers. I think Bashar, the only time Bashar Perriman got a caught a pass last game was when the when it was when the Dolphins stopped, stopped started playing just zone defense. They had a big enough lead so they didn't even care if you scored or not. I bet you Quincy Nunwa with his bad neck could get some more separation than Bashar Perriman, Barrios, and Hogan combined together. You pick up this guy, Kellen Balage, or poor baggage, I call him. Came and passed block a leg because why? He played for Adam Gase. Meanwhile, you had a player last year that backed up Le'Veon Bell, then Bilal Powell, who was when when who was when healthy, provided a spark to the team. He 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 definitely contributed um, decent numbers for the New York Jets when healthy. The only problem with Bilal Powell is that his health. He couldn't stay on the field. And I mentioned Le'Veon Bell. He got cut. You cut Le'Veon Bell. A guy, before he came to the New York Jets, for three three seasons straight, led the league from yards from scrimmage for three years in a row when he was with Pittsburgh. For 18, how many games he played? What, 15 to 18 games? He made about, I think, what, 20 million and ever since he came to the Jets I don't think he ever had once had a 100 yard rushing game he was coached by a guy who was who was proclaimed to be an offensive guru how can an offensive guru not know how to use a perennial Pro Bowl um, running back a perennial possibly Hall of Fame quarter, um, running back properly give him the ball Give him the touches. How could you mess that up? And then you get upset when he goes on Twitter, liking comments from other Twitters that was people who were tweeting him that uh, maybe it's time time for him to be traded. Because he wanted to be traded, and you fell for the trap. But you couldn't. It, everyone knew. Everyone knew the secret that he wanted to be out of there. So no one was going to give you a, a substantial offer to get him on their team. So you have to guess what? You have to cut him. Your best play on offense. You cut him. For what? Because he's from he was because he was a, a McCagnan pick. You trade Jamal Adams because he was a McCagnan pick. Now you're taking it for Trevor Lawrence 
because Sam Darnold is a McCadden pick. In two years, I've seen Sam Darnold um, regress from the time he was playing for Todd Bowles, that one year he played for Todd Bowles. He looked better playing for Todd Bowles than he did for, for two years with this team, with this New York Jet team that you got right now. You didn't you didn't sign his his his, his best receiver Robbie Anderson. Granted, I did I wasn't comfortable giving Robbie Anderson twelve million dollars a year because I, I thought he was a one trick pony. I thought he was just a, a deep threat. But look what that man is doing doing in Carolina right now with Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, by the way. He was a he was a backup quarterback in Sam Donald's rookie season with, with McCann and Todd Bowles. Remember that guys. He had some he had some connections with Robbie Anderson. So what what, what are we doing? Looking back at it, I feel, I feel, I feel, I, I mistakenly undervalued Robbie Anderson. When he gave someone that, that um, Sam was comfortable with. But let me go back to the, the, the Jamal Adams trade. You traded him earlier this season when you could have traded him during the draft where you needed an offensive lineman and you needed a wide receiver. Yes, you drafted Makai Becton with the, I believe, the 11th pick. Right, you had an opportunity in which both Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb were still available to be drafted. Why Joe Douglas? Why why didn't you pull the trigger to trade him to to Dallas at that time to grab up one of those receivers and still draft Denzel Mims in the second round? By doing that, you would have gave Sam two young receivers to work with, two young receivers to grow with. And let me let me not get to Ashton Davis or the fourth round, or fourth round, or the quarterback that you picked in the fourth round, because you, those, because those two picks right there, those wasteful picks, could have used to, to draft more offensive linemen, or get a diamond in the rough pass rusher, or or a diamond in the rough cornerback that you could mold into a player. But guess what? You're dealing with an organization that doesn't know how to mold players. This is not the correct um, coaching staff for the team. Like I said, Chris Johnson. The problem is with Chris Johnson. This, this, this. The way that the Jets are playing is at your is at your feet. It's at Joe Douglas's feet because you didn't do right by the fans. You didn't do right by the team. You didn't do right by your quarterback, which trying to make him seem lesser than Trevor Lawrence. It wasn't too long ago that Sam Donald was supposed to be that savior for the team. Three years ago, when he was when he was coming out of USC. Everyone's saying that he's the savior. Now, guess what's happening? Three three years later, tank for Trevor. But here's the issue. You don't know if, if Trevor's coming out of Clemson this year. He may return for his senior year. You got former players like Roddy White, a very good receiver at one time, an all-pro receiver, trying to talk to him into not going into not going to the Jets. I got fans in the in the in the um, New York Jets group talking some madness because they, they, they I don't think they know they don't know I don't think they know football. I got into an argument with a guy that I felt like Bill Parcells would have ran the organization better than what we got right now, and the guy's response to me was he's eight years old, 
It's 2020. Let's move on from that. Age ain't nothing but a fucking number. Because once a once a, a person knows football, he knows football. And these two guys that's running New York Jets right now don't know football. Because you don't trade an all-pro safety. Because he wasn't your pick. You made you broke you made broken promises to that safety. He's an all-pro safety. And all you had to do is, is all you had to do is to that safety is, is have a, a real a real man to man conversation with your safety. You don't come across as if he's the he's the he's the problem, he's a knucklehead. When you yourself down the DC to communicate to him properly, let him know frankly what is your plan. He didn't know what your plan was. You're over there shopping him without without telling him. Which I don't know why you were even entertaining calls for him in the first place. Why are you even entertaining calls for Quinn and Williams, who is so, who is showing promise right now? Why are you even taking those calls? Because he's another McCagney pick. The problem that this this is a very big problem. You're so stuck on trying to build your team your way, but you're willing to get rid of the diamonds that was that was left for you. To help you build mold team your way. When Parcells took over for that one in fifteen team, right? Which is which was a much more talented team than this team was. How many changes did he make to that team in ninety seven? Not many. He just came, brought his presence, brought his Super Bowl pedigree with him. He brought his great football mind to the team. And that team went from one the very same team went from one and fifteen to nine and seven. Almost made the playoffs. Had he had he didn't if he didn't let because only they missed the playoffs in ninety seven only because he didn't let um, Neil Donald throw the ball. He did a halfback pass with with Leon um, with uh, what's his guy's name Leon Johnson and they got accepted in the end zone in Detroit. That's the only reason why he didn't get to the playoffs that season. And it was the same exact team of what we, of what Colt had had the year before. Barely any changes. Parcells knew what he had walking in because he played against him twice a year. He's not gonna fuck with that, is because this game is about wins and losses, not about what you picked. So tomorrow's game, Donald is gonna be starting up again. He's healed enough. He's healed enough well from his shoulder. He's going to be starting tomorrow. Um, Denzel Mills finally is going to make his debut with New York Jets tomorrow. Coming back, coming back from the the hamstring injury. Makai Becton is back in the starting lineup and on on the offensive line, which will help the offensive line tremendously. Let's see what happens against the Bills, who who lost two games in a row. So soon as soon as the um. The month went from September to October. They lost two in a row, and Josh Allen is looking ordinary right now. Let's see if we let's see if we can steal a steal a victory. I'm not guaranteeing it. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's see if they can steal a victory from the, from the Buffalo Bills. And this is what Woody this is what Woody Johnson needs to do when he comes back to um, own the team. Even Chris Johnson. Once you fire the coach, 
this is what you should do, in my opinion, as a fan and as a person who's very big on hierarchy. You need to hire a president of football operations to be over Joe Douglas. Hell, you could hire me. I'll tell I'll, you. Could hire me. I would love to have that job. So I know I, I know I can fix this team within two years. To the point they'll be in the AFC championship, championship game in two years. Second of all, hire a good head coach. It could be a retread, or it could be a college coach. But you got to make sure he's you got to make sure he's a leader of men, not not a division of men. Because Adam Gates clearly in his two stops from Miami and New York Jets, all he does all he does is divide. You don't want that type of you don't want that person running your team, running your franchise. And from that point, once you do that, now there's a chain of command now with your head coach. Your head coach is hired by the GM. The GM is hired by the president of football operations. And the football operations is only got to an answer to the owner. Everyone else has to, op- has to answer to the president of football operations. The GM answers the football, the president of football operations. The coach answers the GM. Let those guys handle the, that aspect. Stop going to consulting firms, which was a disaster. They gave you Idzik. Stop going to um, other NFL exec- former NFL executives like Casserly or Ron Wolf, which is very who are very well respected in the NFL. If you're going to go there for consulting, you might as well just hire them as president for operations. Let them run the franchise. So it's quite clear the Johnsons don't know what to do with this toy called New York Jets. It's been proven since the beginning, since they took over as ownership, once they got into an agreement to share a stadium with the New York Giants, but they could have built it, built the stadium across the street from City Field. Or get involved with the politicians in Nassau County, break down the Coliseum, and rebuild the football stadium, rebuild the football and hockey stadium on Hempstead Turnpike in Uniondale, which had an abundance of space to do that. Plus, it's close to a parkway, which would, would definitely help the the, 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 the residents of Nassau County lowering their property taxes because of the revenue that will that, be generated from that new stadium. But no, you want to push for Westside Stadium, which is Jim Dolan's territory. Manhattan is Jim Dolan's territory, and you were foolish enough to think that he was going to let you build a stadium close, close by the Madison Square Garden to take away his, his money. Must be out of your fucking mind. That's what I would do with the New York Jets. I'm going to sign up on this podcast right now. I'm going to head back down. I'm going to be at the table trying to win some money. Going to go to dinner with my girl. Um, there's a few um, podcast, few episodes that I'm definitely going to talk about. Sacrament of marriage, um, COVID, and um, sending your child back to school. That's going to be another episode. And definitely, we're gonna have Ricky Brown and Joey G rejoin us on a, on a, on future podcasts as well, as well as Carmine, and also a few other guest hosts that will be joining us on the podcast. You can watch this past podcast on YouTube. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Joey G Radio, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes Radio, TuneIn Radio. 
any feedback, comments, or complaints, you can definitely email me at True Players Podcast at T R U P L A Y A Z Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can search for me on YouTube, True Players Podcast. Same spelling. Subscribe to the channel and um, take, a look, take a look at the previous episodes. Let me know what's up with that as well. Either comment on the on the video on on my on my channel or definitely email me the feedback and comments. It's your man Big Dom. I'm gonna sign off on this podcast. I'll you guys later. Peace.